Welcome back to the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Richard Pogue to discuss mentoring kids in mindset and fitness. Rich works for Youth Mentorship Partnership, a nonprofit organization in Philadelphia that utilizes goal setting, grit, and gratitude, and the power of fitness, mentoring, and relationships to teach kids how to succeed. Rich and I discuss the strategies he uses to teach adolescent and teenage kids about resilience, overcoming hardship, and how he leverages fitness to break through mental barriers. Rich is making a tremendous impact on the Philadelphia community, and this conversation is full of inspiration and wisdom. I hope you enjoy this episode with Rich. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Rich, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be here. Awesome. So happy to have you on. Um, Rich and I connected at a Project Endure event event held by our boy Joe Rinaldi. And you're wearing that t-shirt today that I saw you wear that says, got grit right across the chest. And as soon as I like saw you across the room, I was like, oh man, I got to talk to this guy. Like, that's awesome. So and then uh, luckily we ended up in that, you know, same discussion group, which was really cool. So it's been a privilege to get to know you and I'm excited to uh, kind of share your story and your experience with the listeners today. Glad to share any information I have that can help be helpful to anybody else. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Rich, why don't we start with, if you could just kind of give us a little introduction about yourself and uh, your journey to what you do today. Sure thing. So my name is Richard Pogue, uh, born and raised in Philadelphia, it's where I work, and for the past, say about 13 years, I've been working in youth development, primarily around sports and mentorship. Uh, currently, my role is the host site supervisor, senior staff member, and training coordinator for the Youth Mentoring Partnership. We're a nonprofit that teaches grit development, goal setting, and practices of gratitude through and sports in the pursuit of making kids uh, as successful in life as possible. That's awesome. And yeah, some of those buzzwords that, you know, you include, and I, I did do a little bit of research on the uh, nonprofit that you work for and those kind of core principles of goal setting, grit and gratitude is like core principles of mine as well. You know, that's what I'm all about with, uh, with my brand and just my personal life. So I'm so excited to hear about how, you guys use those principles working with uh, kids and just setting them up for success. So I'd love if we can first kind of talk about that word grit. For me, like it's one of my favorite words. It's one of my favorite books, but I would love to hear what grit means to you and how you teach it to the kids that you work with. So we always go with a uh, functional definition for a lot of things. So in the manual where we're teaching our other coaches like, hey, when we talk about grit, this is what we specifically mean. It is passion and perseverance in the pursuit of a long-term goal. And that's exactly what we tell the students. Like, that's what it is. How you use it or how it applies to your individual life is obviously going to be very specific to them. So we always tell them you're always going to have a personal definition or a personal example of how that's going to look. So again, passion, perseverance, and the pursuit of a long-term goal. And then what does that, what is that passion? You know, what are going to be the obstacles that are going to force you to, you know, take that extra step forward or take that extra pause and uh, reevaluation. And again, 
because it's a long-term situation, you know, being patient, uh, being able to weather certain storms, but being ready to admit when being gritty uh, isn't always going to look as simple as being gritty looks like. Yeah. I'm definitely with you there. And I love that those two words come together, passion and perseverance and the book grit. I don't know if you've read the book by Angela Duckworth, um, but it's, it's something that inspired me on my personal development journey and the word grit and passion and perseverance have become core principles of mine that now are kind of part of my brand passion, perseverance, performance. But that being said, I love that you mentioned that it's for the long term, And a lot of us have things that we're passionate about And when you feel excited about it or you just get started with it, it's easy to do that thing. But then as soon as a roadblock comes along or things get hard, obstacles get in the way, a lot of people fall off. So that that's when that perseverance comes in. Right. And you have to be able to push through. So I'm curious when you're working with the kids that you work with, which I also would love to hear, like what kind of age group you're working with typically, but how do you help them kind of understand what their passions are, helping them find that and ultimately following those passions for the long term, like you said. Sure thing. So we work with 12 to 18 uh, is our, our primary age range. But what we really try to focus on at the younger age is the things that you already like doing are the things that are easy to do. So trying to develop that same switch of like, ooh, I like doing this towards things that they don't like doing. And not necessarily things that, you know, don't benefit them, but it's more around art. The thing that you like to do requires time. In order to have the free time to pursue those things that you like to do, there's also this whole list of other things that you may not like doing, but that you have to do in order to create that time, in order to create, you know, the the trust of other people in order to have free time. Um, so when we talk about, you know, a student who loves basketball or loves football or, you know, loves dance, great, like awesome things, love for you to pursue them can't do those things 24 hours a day and those can't be the only things that you do during the day uh very few people get the opportunity to maximize just the thing that they like to do uh society doesn't allow us to do anything for free either so really uh giving them the understanding that a you have to take responsibility for you know your time and your actions in order to create you know the space for you to pursue the things that you like to do Yeah, that's great. And thinking about that, I mean, especially with kids, like thinking about myself at, you know, 15, 16 years old, sports were pretty much my life, you know, and that's, that's a common situation that I'm sure you see with the population that you work with. So how do you kind of help a teenager begin to understand what other things they might enjoy? Like, do you guys facilitate certain like activities or certain programs to help with that? So we have two specific types of programming. One is in school physical education, and then we have our after school sports programming uh, that ties more into what I would say the formal coach mentorship um, 
because of those relationships that you build through team sports from that, uh, say, authoritative level. But each program has its own set of gratitude and goal setting practices. So when we're thinking about, you know, in a PE class, so we're going to talk about grit. How do we develop grit? Well, it's going to be through the workout that we do. The workout's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be intent. It's going to bring up what we call a moment of choice where you are going to push through that moment of wanting to quit or, you know, you're going to falter there. And the thing is, it's safe to do either because these are things that you have to practice. Like you have to practice pushing through. Some people may have a better pain tolerance or better mental capacity at certain ages, but you can all practice getting better at it. So when we think about, you know, finding out what you're passionate about, finding out about what your goals are, find out when your moment of choice pops up in the workout, and then try to figure out where your moment of choice pops up during a test, during a specific class, during a project, when you're having a conversation with a close friend, like when do those certain, you know, triggers happen where you feel stress during something that you're trying to do. And then when we goal set, you know, break it down, like make it, and we do smart goal setting. So we're talking about, I know there's like a dozen different variations. Ours is specific, measurable, attainable, reaching, and timely. So when we're setting goals, it should be around something that you're passionate about. And then we break it down through smart. And then if you're not making certain progress with your goal, we, the first question is, is this really the goal that you wanted to set? Are you actually passionate about having A's and everything? Or do you just want to pass everything so that there's less stress on the people around you who just don't want you to fail? Yeah. And wow, Rich, one thing that I love what you said there is that concept of the moment of choice. And it's such a good way to put it. And I think anybody listening to this can think of a time that they decided not to do something or decided to quit and they wish that they didn't. And I like that you mentioned in the space that you work in with these kids that it's safe for them to give up because it's not, you know, a do or die situation, but it allows them to feel what it feels like to give up, what it feels like to quit and then come back the next day and ideally push a little bit further than the day before. And that also brings me to think about just this concept of mindfulness and self-talk and self-awareness. Today, more than ever, we are so disconnected from our internal voices. You know, we're drowning out anything that we're thinking or feeling with the phones or the TV or just busyness of life, right? And one thing that I've noticed that helped me tremendously is just spending more time, you know, with things like gratitude and um, just spending time with those moments when life is hard and understanding that life is going to get hard. You know, is that something that you kind of discuss with your kids of like, instead of trying to just make everything positive and happy, it's like, this is real life. Things are going to happen. And this is how you deal with it. I imagine that's a message of yours. 100%. Uh, there, there's nothing to sugarcoat. And that's why when we approach, you know, youth, it's like, hey, life is real. Like, and it gets more real, the, the older and more experienced that you get. Um, I know there are times specifically with uh, one of our high school um, cohorts, the, the, the conversations that we end up getting into, because like we have, um, so coming out of COVID specifically, um, 
we had a group of 11th graders this year who I've personally had since they were in seventh grade because uh, at that site they have uh, gym is mandatory seventh, ninth, and 11th. So this is the last year that I was going to see them. And like, I like literally have seen these kids grow up. Um, but obviously they had to deal with two years of the pandemic and, you know, being honest with them that it's like, hey, like, yes, we're back in person, in school, and we still have to work. Like, yes, virtual was awful, but just because like certain standards got dropped because like we were afraid, I, I don't say we, but uh, in general, like it felt like there was this fear of losing them if we were too harsh on them coming back if the standards were a little too constrictive. But really telling us like, when you leave here, you're going to have to be prepared for this. Regardless of how life had been the past two years, life is still gonna be harder or the responsibilities for them are still gonna be greater by the time they leave this building and are no longer in school and no longer have certain teachers who are going to have the patience for them, have the capacity for compassion for them, that they're going to go out and quite potentially have a support system of one. And that's a horrible place to be in. So when we talk about gratitude, uh, it's about like, hey, what am I grateful for? It's a recognition and an action. So you start really trying to practice recognizing who and what you're grateful for and then giving the appropriate response to it on a consistent basis. So like having, you know, big discussions, small, small group discussions, having kids write down like little notes or writing big notes, like we try to practice that on a consistent basis throughout the school year. I know right now uh, we're, we have like summer camps going on. And one of the things I do at my site is, you know, after we do like a 30 minute workout um, in the early person of the day, cause a three and a half hour session, you know, for 15 to 20 minutes, we just sit in a circle, play some music, give out a gratitude prompt and just have everybody write them down. And we do that every single day for those 15 to 20 minutes at camp. And then like, collect them all together and it's right now we have like one week left so going through and seeing how much more articulate the letters are getting when the prompts get a little bit deeper and they're used to it it's like if you can do this when you're 12 and 13 imagine what you're going to do when you're 26 28 100 percent, rich and that's why just hearing you describe how your organization does it's just, it's so special and some of these kids might not know it now, but they are so lucky to have people like you who are equipping them with these skills and these strategies. And, you know, it's, I mean, you know, more than I do that when you have a kid in front of you too, like you have no idea what's going on in their life. And some of them may open up to you, which I'm sure you've had that. And some of them might not, but just thinking about being a teenager, it's like life is hard. And for some of the kids that you work with, it's probably really hard. And I mean, thinking back to myself in high school, you know, when I was at school, when I was with my friends, I was happy. I was loving life. I was doing great. And behind closed doors, my parents were getting divorced. And that was a super hard thing for me at the time. And now when I look back on it, I'm proud of you know how I got through it. But I think of things like gratitude. That's a big staple in my life now. And self-talk and you know just having a sense of community. And I just think about how valuable those things would have been in my life during that time. And I can only imagine what it's like for the kids. And I love that, like you mentioned a few times, that you're very real with them because 
and nowadays, especially, I think a lot of parents and just society in general is trying to protect our kids from the hard things in life. And it's not a bad thing. It's understandable. But at the same time, what happens when that kid turns 18 and goes to college or goes and gets a job and life hits him in the face. So I think it's definitely a lesson of like, let's be real with our kids. Let's expose them to hardship in a safe environment so that they get to go through that process of like understanding, can I do this? Can I push myself? How do I do this? Can I do it with other people? Um, Rich, that's just, it's so inspiring. Yeah. Um, yeah and there, life is life and everyone's situation, the, the context of everyone's situation is always going to be different. So there, there's no use in it. I, there's, I would say there's a thought process for it. It's not a use for it though. Yeah. And I have to ask, I mean, you're clearly so passionate about working with this age group, working with this population. And I think it's so special, but why do you feel that it's important and necessary to have these conversations with kids while they're, you know, at this stage in their life, as opposed to waiting until they're older? Because I've met, so on a personal level, it's because I've met adults who don't understand these concepts. Um, and that has hurt them either personally or professionally or in any other like amount of ways. And I think we really have to realize that everything changes, everything evolves. So instead of thinking about like, like putting an age restriction on certain amounts of knowledge that we know are beneficial holistically makes absolutely no sense to me. So a life skill is a life skill. You teach it as early as possible so that it can be used as long as possible in an individual's life. So we're talking about grit. It's like, well, you know, is that, is this too hard of a concept for a young person to like to really push through? It's like kids push through already. Like, we, we talk about kids having resilience um, is, was an interesting, um, I'm not sure if this was a, a meme or a true statement, but someone was talking about like talking to a therapist and it's like, hey, we talk about kids being resilient, but adults need therapy. And it's like, right, so where's the disconnect? Like sometimes the grittiest thing someone can do in their life is reach out and find therapy. You know, like understanding that there's a problem is being gritty and staying in the same situation, that that's what the quitting is. And then when we talk about if it's a life skill to be gritty, then it's a skill that they had a chance to practice so they could realize like, oh, things are not okay. What's that goal that I need to set right now in order to be okay? So there, there's no use in holding on to information that'll be beneficial for a person's entire life because it may be difficult to teach them. Cool, if it's difficult to teach them, you'll be a better teacher by going through the process of teaching them. So that's one of the best things about being a teacher is that you can learn other people's learning processes. And then you learn your teaching process even better, which means you'll learn your learning process even better. Like if I ever struggle with a conversation about like what it means to like be gritty in this situation, what it means to set a goal or re reset a goal because you know my passion wasn't there. So that, does that mean I'm really not passionate about it, or does it mean that you know I wasn't being aware of the obstacles that are truly going to come down the line 
and and trigger me into like that that quitting mindset yeah definitely wow and i mean i love how you talk about how you guys use fitness to teach these things too you know and it's just it's so important like you said for kids to understand these principles not only at a young age but at any age and like you mentioned how like why wouldn't we equip human beings with these tools when we know that it's helpful for human beings in general and it's it's crucial and i i feel like we can also flip that to the other end of the spectrum where like if somebody's listening to this and they're pretty far out of their childhood maybe they're in their 30s or 40s or 50s like it's never too late to start incorporating these things as well you know things like gratitude and goal setting and i mean would you agree that it could potentially still turn somebody's life around even later down the road that's the point um like our coaching staff has a wide age range as well um i think we're between so our coaching age range is like 20 to I think our oldest coach is like 54 and when you think about like hiring people into the nonprofit realm and like for their specific reasons, like trying to hire high quality people who understand the concept because they use it in their life or even at the later stages of their life can still benefit from it. It's the best example. It's the best testimonial you can get towards the youth because they'll look at you and it's like, you think about, I think there are two types of initial blueprint coaches that youth look up to. It's either the young coach who can still sort of do the thing that they're coaching. So like they're, they're out on the field, they're doing demonstrations and everything. And then there's the older coach with the clipboard and the whistle who's like past the prime that has all the information in the world. Uh, Very few times you're going to get that, that person who's in between, who's highly skilled, highly motivated, um, can still do the thing, but then has the experience and has the knowledge wealth. And we're like, cool, we're just going to eat the spectrum up and get, you know, a 20 year old kid who's highly passionate and great at, you know, relationship building. And they're also going to get, you know, a 54 year old, like near retiree who has the wealth of knowledge and just loves seeing children develop. And then when we put these two people in the same room and we talk about how it is to develop youth through this programming or through our own personal experiences, well, now you've just gained two different perspectives that are going to be completely and uniquely useful to the thousands of kids that we're going to work with over the past couple next year. That's an amazing weapon against a lot of the things that these kids are going through. Like that's a, that's a big privilege. Yeah, that's amazing having that diversity and experience. And it's true, like the more unique experiences you can bring to a situation, the more kids you'll probably be able to reach and connect with. And that's really awesome. Just in terms of, I mean, building any community, um, the more experiences that people have, the more uniqueness in the group, the better. And Rich, one thing that I want to kind of switch gears to a little bit here um, is the fitness aspect of your organization. I really loved hearing about this at the event where we got to kind of sit down and get to know each other. Um, But I would love if you can just share kind of like traditionally the approach that you take in the mentorship program with incorporating fitness with these kids. Right. So originally uh, in the youth emerging partnership, the programming was one adult uh, mentor 
from the community, trained by staff, and then paired up with a student in the community, either through the school or, you know, lived in the neighborhood. And they would meet once or twice a week for 45 minutes to 90 minutes, depending on the scheduling. And they'd go through an intense workout. Uh, the fitness aspect was manual resistance and then a lot of time under tension exercises and static holds. So quite literally, everything was gonna make you uncomfortable. And with the list of exercises, it's 100% effort for every single exercise. So the idea behind this is putting the body under high level of stress and asking the mind to practice dealing with that stress. When we talk about being gritty, finding that moment of choice. If we're holding a plank and in the, in the workout, it's like, well, how long am I holding it? 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds? Like, no, until you hit muscular failure. Like, oh, and then we're gonna hit muscular failure on that wall sit. And we're gonna hit muscular failure on that crunch and hold. We're gonna hit muscular failure on these man resistance front raises and side raises and tricep extensions and these leg curls and that hip abductor that's gonna work that small muscle in the glute. And then we're gonna do these slow count lunges and don't let your knee hit the ground. And we're gonna do these slow count push-ups. And don't let your chest touch the ground. And we're gonna do that for 45 straight minutes. And when you do that, and you're like, your body is shaking and your body is sweating and your mind is asking you, wait, I have to do the right and the left side? <laughs> cool. Find that moment of choice and ask yourself, can I give a little bit more? Because again, we're not looking for a specific number. We're looking for everything that you have. And when you start practicing that and as a, as a mentor, as a person, like going through this workout with them. And we're not just like giving instructions. Mentor is doing the exact same workout. We're spotting for those reps. So you're going to look that child in the face and like, if, you, if your plank drops out at 33 seconds, that kid's plank drops out at 37 seconds, guess what? You both did 100%. Move on to the next exercise and commiserate with one another. It is literally about this um, shared suffering and this shared learning experience. So when you're quite literally pushing yourself physically and mentally, and you're coming in each day of that programming with this mindset of, look, today was tough. I'm like at a five out of 10 energy wise. I failed my physics test and like my dog got sick. Like I'm not good today. Cool. Give me the best five out of 10 you can. I'm still asking for everything you have but I can only ask for everything that you're willing to offer. Um, and then taking that same concept and like dragging it into a PE program where, well, you have to be in class. So let's be real, real about this. Like this is a grade also. <laughs> so I understand like it's tough. We're still looking for physical and muscular exhaustion. We're looking for that maximum effort. We're still looking for the same thing, even if the, environment has changed and we still want you going to your next class with this idea of like if my next class is easier than this workout what am i stressing about or maybe your next class is just as hard as the workout cool you just practice for it and if it's more difficult then it's like ooh, 
I could probably handle that workout a little bit better if I know my next class is a little bit tougher. Maybe this workout's the reprieve that I need during the day. Maybe that's my stress relief during the day. What, whatever and however students can benefit from developing grit, practicing gratitude, practicing goal setting. As long as they're taking one thing away, it's a win. If they take three things away, they'll be successful no matter where they go. Wow. That's beautiful, Rich. It's, it's so powerful. So many of the messages that you're giving here. And I love that you're able to connect, you know, not just in your own mind, but for these kids as well, like how fitness has so many parallels to other aspects of life. And that exactly like showing them, like you just did that workout. Was that hard? Yeah. Okay, great. So now you can go and do other hard things in your life and you're already practicing hard things. And it's one thing that I've become, you know, super interested in recently is this idea that the mind and the body truly do work hand in hand. We don't train one without training the other, you know? And so it's so true that, you know, one of the reasons why so many of us love fitness is because you don't know that feeling of fighting through that moment of choice and pushing yourself for more until you experience it. And that's the secret sauce, you know, that keeps you going, coming back for more. And, that's amazing. And I'm sure there's so many kids that that's, you know, carried into other aspects of their life. And especially that you're, that you're understanding that like people aren't going to show up each day with a full tank with, with a 10 out of 10 available effort. And the fact that you teach that early on is so awesome because that's something that I have to remind myself of, you know, it's like each day when you wake up, check in with yourself. Some days you wake up and you jump out of bed and you're just ready to go and get after it. And other days you feel sluggish. And on the days you feel sluggish, don't ask yourself for a 10 out of 10 effort when you're waking up with a 60% charge, you know? So that's awesome, Rich. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. No problem. Uh, Yeah. And um, I'd love to just kind of ask you, you mentioned that kind of the whole, um, message and mission behind this nonprofit is helping kids to become successful. So in your mind and in your experience, what does that success look like? What does a kid end up achieving after they leave your program that lets you say that kid's successful, this worked out for them? So because of obviously the age range like and when kids leave our program, uh, so like if I'm looking at some of the middle schools that we've had high um, that we had like transition into high school, success for them may be making onto their high school level um, sports team, uh, something that they probably weren't thinking about when they were a sixth grader. Um, so like this past spring, um, I had just finished the Broad Street run here in Philadelphia, you know, 10 mile race. And it was the first time it was like, we had fans again and I'm going down to the uh, gear check with some of my friends. And I just hear this voice going like, coach Rich, do you remember me? And I, you know, snap the head around and then you like see this young person. I'm just like looking at their face, looking at their stature and like, there's a pause. And she was like, it's okay. I just don't remember me. I ran track for you. And I was just like, boom, like I said the name and it's like, now they're going into their junior season of high school and they're running track and field doing events that they didn't do when I was coaching them. But when I remember them as an eighth grader, I was just like, all right, they're graduating, you know, 
great, great academics, really hardworking. They, they really embodied like this idea of like healthy competition, like really like learned how to push themselves and compete. But I wasn't necessarily expecting them to be excited at the next level the way that they are now. So like for me, like as a, as a mentor, as a coach, like that, that success, them a calling me out in the middle of like an event and to see if I remember them and then them being excited to tell me that they're still doing the thing. Um, and like other situations, uh, one of our program director who's been in our organization almost as long as I have been, one of his former mentees, she ended up, you know, graduating college with uh, Dean's List and then writing a 400 page book that was not within any realm of like uh, uh, on the radar for like what her skill set was going to do. But like we look at how they incorporated grit into situations where they were in doubt, where they were thinking about quitting. And then, boom, they remember back when it's like, hey, I know how to be gritty. I, I spent two, three, four years practicing being gritty. And now life has given me an opportunity to go and use it. Uh, a young man who was in our program when he was in the seventh grade, stayed with us until he was in the 10th grade. Uh, COVID happened, family issues happened. He had to move to a different state. Um, our lacrosse coach got into contact with him. Not only is he grad, not only did he just graduate high school, He's going off to college, uh, probably still pursuing uh, basketball, and the college he's going to is the best uh, basketball team in that conference. And we start looking back, it's like, like from seventh grade to now college, like or almost college, like these kids are finding their moments in life to use the grit that they've been practicing, and now they're making moves. So when we talk about success, it's just about making it to that next stage of life with a purpose. There, there is a movement, there, there is intentional actions going on. That is success for us. Wow, I love it. I love it. And I love that these kids, it's true, they are finding their purpose. When, when that prior athlete of, you, of yours comes up to you in the street and excitedly says your name and is like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Like those interactions, you can feel that energy just radiating, you know, you can feel that they are, they've found themselves, they found what they love. And, and then you just can think about the domino effect that that's going to have not only in their life, but in the people that they interact with and that they mentor one day. And that's amazing, Rich. I love just hearing about, you know, all the lives that you're changing and that you're going to change. And um, thank you for sharing all of this. It's super, super cool. It's not my story. It's their story. So like, I'm, I'm happy to share it. Yeah, of course. Well, Rich, I'd love to kind of wrap things up here with one final question that all of my guests receive here on the podcast. So this podcast, the Goal Set Mindset podcast is centered around pursuing high achievement with passion, perseverance, and performance. I would love if you could share a personal goal that you have right now and how you're working towards it. So I would say it's split because I have a personal goal for this November. I'm retraining for um, a marathon and it'll be seven years since my last one. So I know this is gonna be a, a journey. Uh, so I'm like, I'm training to, 
do a 430 marathon here in Philadelphia uh, because my real goal is to PR, but I want to be realistic with my body and my training plan. So we'll, we'll sit at, we'll train for 430 and we'll see if we push it the day of. Um, coinciding with that, um, I have a personal goal for my track and um, cross country program, which is to get their off season training started as early as possible um, and really develop uh, the new core of that team. Uh, we just had seven or eight students graduate and the core is now young and inexperienced in terms of like leadership and accountability because they were the ones looking up to everybody this uh, past season. So I wanna push my own physical capabilities uh, with my marathon and I wanna push my coaching and mentoring capabilities with uh, developing these young people. So the, Hell this, yeah, Rich. There's going to be an interesting... Good luck with... Yeah, good luck with both of those things. You're going to crush them. Uh, good luck with the Philly Marathon. I actually know somebody else who's going to be running it this fall, so I'll be keeping up with both of you. And, hey, I mean, there's no better person out there to take this group of young, you know, relatively inexperienced athletes and uh, make them into a bunch of leaders. So I'm excited to hear how that goes for you. I'm sure it'll go awesome. That's the plan. Yeah, so, Reg, I would love if you just wouldn't mind sharing if anybody is listening to this and wants to reach out to you with any questions or is interested in supporting the nonprofit, um, where is the best way to kind of reach out or find some information about that? Sure thing. So Youth Mentoring Partnership, uh, find it in any Google search. Uh, our website is youthmp.org. That is Y-O-U-T-H-M-P. Dot org. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally uh, on Instagram, it is rich underscore with underscore gritty underscore words. And my email is rich at youthmp.org. That is R-I-C-H at Y-O-U-T-H dot O-R-G. Feel free to reach out. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Rich, you do got some gritty words, man. I really appreciate them. Thank you so much for being here today. I love this conversation and I'm definitely excited to, you know, meditate on this one a little bit and uh, take some of these strategies and use it with some of the athletes that I'll be working with in physical therapy as well. Take it all. Best practices are best practices because we do it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Goal Set Mindset Podcast. I hope you found Rich's words inspiring and will begin to incorporate goal setting, grit, and gratitude into your own life. If you are enjoying the show, I would love if you subscribed to the podcast on your favorite platform of choice so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we will be back next week with another episode.